Hey there, I thought I wouldn't get to say this. We got another day of summer suddenly. I thought it was over. I have the boat on the shore. <coughs> Excuse me. I did go rowing already. I also mentioned in the past there were several occasions late this summer when I had the beach all to myself. The beach is near this place where I am now and I realized later why that was. Uh, there's a certain date but I forget now what the date is. Um, but uh, folk wisdom has it that the lake waters will now be too cold to swim in, for most people at least. And so maybe that was the reason, because by that time, that date had already passed. I only realized that later. That may have well been the reason. But in fact, as I also mentioned, the water was completely great, perfect temperature for swimming. I felt I should do something as a kind of way of giving thanks for this beautiful day. Oh, sorry about this. I have my phone alarm. I had set several alarms. This isn't interesting to hear about, I'm sure, but I had set several alarms in case I slept later today than I thought I would. I wanted to do something to give thanks or get something creative done again in a way that I can put out there soon. That was one of the main motivations I had for starting this podcast, that I have a need for not only keeping some kind of journal, but having something that lets me talk about things, whatever is on my mind, and um, sometimes maybe even say something of more lasting interest. Although, well, I don't really think that way. Uh, the, the thing is that with this podcast, I, I have had many, many different motivations in mind for it, uh, or, you know, the reasons why I'm doing it are many, and uh, now my boat is also drifting. I'll just see where it goes, but again about... Oh, there's a fish! <laughs> From that beautiful day at the lake, the summer day, we go to this rainy night. It's the following night. As I was listening back to the recording, which was um, almost 40 minutes long, I realized that unfortunately most of it wasn't usable. There was too much of all kinds of noise uh, that was distracting from what would have been the listening experience for the rest of that episode. But it wasn't a great loss, really. I wasn't saying anything very well there. I noticed as I was listening back that I had gotten too distracted, and um, so I thought I would just leave in the fragment from the beginning 
I've always liked recording also in the rain and uh, as it happened I was thinking of certain things that I wanted to mention things that relate to things I've said before on the podcast I thought I'd take this opportunity now also and um, make a type of episode I don't think I've done before which combines two distinct recordings in very different surroundings I'm on my balcony the thing I wanted to mention first relates to something that I discussed I think in the first season of this podcast the topic is an artist called Kurt Swan who was one of the most famous artists to draw Superman for several decades I'm talking about the superhero Superman and uh, yes I feel very self-conscious in case you are among the people who may have listened to one episode where I already mentioned that it feels strange to me now that I ever talked about superheroes on this podcast because they haven't meant anything to me for a very long time it may seem therefore strange that I'm now bringing this up but there is a point I want to make a realization that has made me feel differently about something in that earlier episode I expressed my view that the way Kurtz one had been pushed aside when the company publishing Superman revamped that character started the history of the character again telling his origin again with a certain people a handful of people making those decisions as I mentioned Kurtz one was pushed aside at that point which seemed like a great crime to me because he had done so much for that character and suddenly he was considered out of style out of fashion the realization I was referring to is that it had to happen he didn't deserve what happened it seems unjust in many different ways but still the change was necessary uh, I have become more aware of this in connection with many different things that sometimes change is simply very necessary because otherwise something would remain too static and in cases like that it's not change for the sake of change it's something that's necessary to keep something alive I needed to shift position to be more comfortable in order for something to keep living and evolving sometimes those kinds of changes are necessary since I'm talking about this now I wanted to acknowledge something else relating to this character it now seems so strange that I ever said this on my podcast just a few years ago 
I said that Superman is one of my favorite superheroes. And it seems like another person had said that when I look back on that now. Because as I said, even at that point, superheroes didn't mean anything to me anymore. There's a personal reason why I was still thinking about superheroes. Uh, it was in connection with some experiences that I can't really refer to because uh, it's too personal. That's the reason they were even in my thoughts at that point. When I said that Superman is one of my favorites, that's really not true of the most of that character's existence. There was just a brief time which happened to coincide with my teens where there was a really good period shortly after this resetting of the character, a reboot. There was a period of uh, a few years when uh, those comics and I say comics because there were several titles being published at the same time involving that character. Had a really good run for a short while where the continuity was very intricate and uh, there was for the first time in the existence of that character a sense that this is evolving, it's becoming something deeper, more mature in some ways. Regarding the storytelling and the artwork, I feel strange even talking about this because, in fact, superheroes becoming more mature, and now I'm putting it in quotation marks, has resulted in some disastrous things for those characters and that's a large part of the reason I don't care about those characters anymore. There's nothing wrong with other people enjoying those characters. I'm not telling anyone not to care about them but to me there came a time when I realized that I'm just not getting anything out of them anymore and these stories and um, the so-called mature content that these characters headed for. Not in the case so much of this particular character, but many others. That was a wrong turn in many ways. It became quite sick what was being done with those characters after a certain point. I'm not going to waste anyone's time talking about those things in specific terms, but it was just... I'm going to use a word I use very rarely. Misguided. It wasn't the right place or the right context to be telling those kinds of stories. So, with Superman, that's why I said that he was one of my favorites, because I had fond memories of those few years when there was great continuity and it felt 
involving in a way that few stories told in that type of realm have ever been. And uh, it was a mix of uh, sweet ideals related to that character, ideas about being a decent person and uh, more than that, a really good person, someone who normally wouldn't hurt anyone on purpose. But then now I have to explain what I mean normally because I referred to this jokingly in a joking way in that first season episode. But the thing is that because the character was meant to be so good, the writers therefore often ended up coming up with excuses to make him do horrible things, or at least give that impression on the cover. Often what was inside the story didn't match what was on the cover, because the covers were there to sell the issue. Anyway, that's enough about this topic. I don't want to keep talking about it. It just felt necessary for me to acknowledge that my view had changed about the necessity for change after something has become too static. I have a personal reason also to be thinking about this matter of change because for quite some time I have felt that the circumstances of my daily life have remained too static and lacking a certain magic or some type of magic, any luxury. No, I don't mean luxury actually, I mean things that can make you feel good every day without requiring great riches or being out on some adventure every day. I don't want to talk more about this yet because it's now something that's going to happen in the near future but I'm feeling very grateful that there is going to be a change in my life that will make my everyday life better. I'll talk more about that once it's happened, but I already wanted to mention this also in order to talk a little bit about this topic of change and the need for it. I've noticed it in my own life how it can be a really insidious way for a person's life to become less beautiful, less something that can be enjoyed and treasured 
if there is no change and things start to feel static and stale. I'm using the word static several times here because that's really the maybe the best word to express this. Stale is already it can feel quite harsh and I wouldn't of course describe anyone else's life that way. That's not for me to say but I can use it of times in my own life when that's how it has started to feel even though at the same time I may, may have been for example creating something that I consider deeply meaningful part of why I am here in this life yet it's possible because we always have several different levels in our lives. Things are happening on several different levels all at the same time. It's possible to have your daily life something that is dispiriting or not rejuvenating or revivifying, not giving you new life, which I think ideally every day could feel like. As someone who has had um, issues related to sleep ever since my teens, this is something I've especially come to value. I know how important it is and uh, I'm glad for good-hearted people who have this in their lives. What I'm talking about here is being able to wake up and feel really refreshed and uh, recovered, having new energy, because that's how it would work for a really healthy person. And there are many reasons, of course, like we all know, why that doesn't happen for all of us. There are things like stress, illnesses of various types, life circumstances, sometimes making that impossible. And sometimes they can be very worthwhile circumstances. For example, people having children and uh, needing to sacrifice having no choice except to lose a lot of sleep. I have heard this from people who have been parents that in one case, for example, for the first few years of their child's life, they didn't get enough sleep. They were not exaggerating, I believe. I think they meant really that there was almost no night, maybe not even one night, when they got enough sleep. It's almost like war conditions in certain ways. In certain ways, I mean, that they had to exist in. And they were also constantly ill themselves. Because that can also happen with the children. Children don't yet have the immune systems, in most cases, 
unless they are uh, somehow born with a very strong immune system. They only build up the immunity by going through all these diseases. And uh, uh, these parents that I used to know in the past, they told me that there were rarely times when they were healthy themselves. So not only were they having too little sleep, but also at least one person in the family was always ill. Nearly always, at least. To return more firmly to the topic of change, it's felt sad for me to see lives of people that I have cared about, that I have known to be good people, become more narrow and uh, restricted without something that I consider incredibly precious and important for all human beings, which is freedom and new possibilities. It's possible to end up in a life where there may not even be any new possibilities, where it's become restricted and no change may seem possible, at least without something that may even have become impossible for the person to do if the situation has continued for long enough. This is a horrifying thought, of course, but I believe it is true that a human being can become ultimately incapable of making changes if the situation, the circumstances of the person's life remain the same for too long. And this is one reason why I have consciously shaken things up in my own life from time to time, making some radical changes. Those times haven't happened very often and I may have benefited from doing it more often but at least I knew to start doing that at some point somewhere in my adulthood I realized I can't keep things just the same for example I think this is uh, maybe the earliest example of this I used to collect many things like comics, magazines, books. Although when I say collect, I don't mean just to have them. I was reading all, all of those things, for example. But the same was true of computer games, that I kept amassing more of those, and then more and more. And at some point, well, this started happening in a small way in my teens already that I started um, getting rid of some of these things. First it took the form of going to these 
second-hand book and magazine stores that I had access to. Either in my small town, there was just one place like this for a short time in that time that I'm talking about in my teens. And then in a city about a half hour's drive away from where I grew up, sometimes I got to visit that at least two times, I'm sure, a bigger place like that. So I'm talking about places where you can take books or magazines and comics and offer them for either cash or exchanging them for other things in those stores. And so I started um, giving away some that way and getting new ones in return. So that was one form, but the more definite form of making changes in my life started happening in my adulthood when at some point I started to feel really oppressed by all the stuff I owned that was not in fact giving me anything anymore. And now it seems really absurd to me that there was ever a time when I owned, for example, some action figures from a science fiction TV series. It wasn't Star Trek, by the way, but it doesn't matter what it was. There was no good reason for me to have bought those. They were just sitting there. And uh, I wasn't even having some kind of uh, financial goal in mind, because some people buy these things keep them for some years or decades and then sell them when their worth may have gone up, may have, but that's a gamble and uh, you know the profit isn't in most cases very great anyway. Uh, the only other reason I can think of for anyone to have action figures is to play with them and uh, of course I wasn't playing with my action figures in my 20s, so then I decided to get not just one, but three seller's tables. I needed three different tables at one of these science fiction, fantasy and horror conventions, which in Finland is called FinCon. That's the main event of that type. This was now a long, long, long time ago. I'm glad that I already took that step in my early adulthood. So I sold most of my collection that way. A big part of it. Not everything sold, but then um, over time there came other opportunities to keep downsizing. And um, I only felt good about the whole process. And there's a reason for that. Several reasons. Not only this need to keep changing your life when you start feeling oppressed or that things are stuck or you are stuck. The other reason was the fact that I had learned how horrible it can be if you or someone in your family hoards things. Hoarding is um, psychological 
problem and uh, I want to be very very clear about this no one who develops that problem is likely to have had any power over it power to not develop that problem it's a mental health issue and it can be extremely damaging to the life of the person himself or herself and um, it can really start restricting and restricting your life because you're becoming almost encased in this collection of belongings of things that you own and it is very sad and I had seen that from a close distance and I wanted to make sure that that never happens to me and so I think I may have at some point felt some inner friction about selling things I had had for a long time but I knew it was necessary I think there was still some part of me that was asking myself will I really miss something that I'm now getting rid of what if I would really want it back and I will regret this decision to get rid of it but I knew that that voice had to be ignored and in fact I was correct to ignore it since I have missed very few things that I have ever gotten rid of I'm talking of physical things that I used to own uh, it's another thing to lose like a personal connection with someone for example but in most cases of course that's not something you you decide alone it takes two to have any kind of connection like this in any case so yeah over the years I did more and more of that and I felt much better my life became less weighty less heavy I mean it became lighter and the sensation was really very concrete I felt like I had been carrying these things of course that was also literally true I had carried those things from place to place as I was moving from one apartment to another and I realized uh, with each move that there were things that I don't want to carry to any other place anymore so I will either uh, sell it or give it away or even throw it away if no one wants those things or if I just didn't have time to find someone this is one reason why I myself never plan to become a collector because I really I'm just going to share how I have come to see it and I don't mean this to be hurtful to anyone who gets something out of collecting okay let me actually just 
refer to myself here. So I'm not saying that this is something that's universally true, although I know that it must be true of many collectors. I have come to see that collecting can be just a form of hoarding, to get a sense of security by owning physical things. Somehow you feel that I have these, and these will see me through uh, future difficulties. To me, that's not really a healthy thing to believe or feel, at least in many cases. At least I can be certain that in my case it wouldn't be healthy. It might be the beginnings of hoarding. So this is one reason why I love having room rather than stuff. I would feel really oppressed if I had an apartment where I can barely move. It wouldn't matter how those things might represent things or people that I love and respect and appreciate because I would still not have a need to have those things in my apartment or home of any kind. There's simply not enough life for any human being to keep returning to thousands of things that you might own. So the vast majority of those will be collecting dust, will be slowly getting older, more worn. There's another side to that even. Because, you know, a human being can't stay healthy if they keep breathing in dust. Dust is not meant to end up going in human lungs. There's things you can look up about that. You can read about it. Having things that are dusty or even moldy, a book could also develop mold and so on, that's not healthy. It's not good for you. And one of the things I've come to value most in life, above any kind of huge luxury that a really super rich person might have, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the feeling of being healthy, normally healthy, feeling good about just being alive, feeling that you can breathe easily, as opposed to uh, not being able to do that, as many people with asthma, for example, can't take for granted. And there are many kinds of lung issues and... Um, illnesses that affect even that. So, for example, I don't value any kind of um, extreme state uh, where you would feel that you are on some kind of great inner journey where you may be just deluding yourself, like any drug user is. The greatest feeling is when you are feeling really healthy and uh, that things are well. This is a luxury, what I'm now talking about. 
because very few people have it in this world. And so that's a very clear thing to aim for. Fortunately, it doesn't require a lot. You don't have to have millions in order to achieve that. It's only necessary to find the things that can create that state. Unless, of course, you are unfortunate enough to uh, be having some disease or other circumstances that are beyond your control. But even then, to whatever extent it's possible, there are things that can be changed. So, yes, one of the simplest changes that you can make is to simply have less stuff I believe that this is something that most people realize at some point and uh, it may take time. They may be at a later point in their lives than I was when I first saw the necessity to start getting rid of the heavy burden of all those things. I've seen younger people who have believed that they will always like the things they liked at that point in time that the same things would have as much meaning to them even decades later. And that's understandable. They hadn't yet lived long enough to realize that, in fact, we change. And there will often come times when something that's been giving us something important simply has then stopped having that effect. Maybe it's not so obvious. We live in a world where there's a lot of encouragement to believe that owning things will give you some kind of happiness. Whereas, of course, happiness can come from something that you experience with things in some cases. But it's not having those things forever yourself. It's the experiences that happen. So, for example, if a book just sits on your shelf, yes, it may give you like a nice feeling that that's that book that I had good experiences with. But if you're never going to read it, and it's completely possible to realize it that in your lifetime, there will never come a time again when you will read it or feel the need to read it. And then there's no reason to have that anymore. It may be taking up space that if you freed up that space, you might end up feeling better. You would have more space around you. You would have a lighter life. And so you can just get rid of that item. And in any case, with most things, you would be able to get it again later if you really wanted to. But really, a human life is too short to be even thinking in this kind of way. If I get rid of this, will I miss it one day? Because you can't even know that you'll be alive 10 years from now. 
and not even one year from now, and not even one week from now. So it doesn't make any sense. You have to, this is what I believe, you have to try to find happiness in the here and now, because that's always the only moment we are experiencing. Yes, of course you can plan for the future, but there's no guarantee of it. Of there even being a future. We don't know how much time we have here. And that's not meant to sound depressing. It's a daunting prospect sometimes to think about. But on the other hand, realizing that makes it possible to... Makes it more possible to live... A life where there are happy moments and feelings of everything being okay or everything's going to work out. Okay, I wanted to stop the episode here, this kind of a double episode, and uh, and I want to wish for everyone that they find uh, the insight to see the changes that will make them happier and then the ability to make those changes for a lighter and happier, healthier life. Bye for now. Take care.